Welcome back to the tomb, everyone. This is the Pharaoh, aka Ali. Today's episode is called Upstream, and I'm joined with my long-term friend, and I'll have him go ahead and introduce himself. My name is Derek from Atop Derek Mountain, and I am a streamer on the Twitch platform, but it's Twitch streamer for about, they say, five years. And I and did you have enjoyed my friendship with this gentleman very much so. It has quite the tenure, and I cannot wait to go ahead and catch up and have some great conversation with this gentleman here. Okay, let's go ahead and get into it. So I guess my first question is, like, how did, how did you end up getting into streaming? How did I end up getting into streaming? I, I fell in love with the storytelling sense that you can get from streaming. Uh, there is just a, a certain interactivity that you get with people, chat in general, um, that you just, you, you don't, you, you can't get with just doing YouTube videos and just getting comments. That's where I started off was making YouTube um, videos. It was just more of a hobbyist thing for myself. And that's how I really got into the sense of the production. And it wasn't until about like two years into making YouTube videos for a top Derek mountain that I, I, I had thought, you know what, streaming something that's in beta testing right now on YouTube. Uh, I should go ahead and try this out. And uh, I did. And there was just, there was something about, there was just something about it. that was like, I could do this every single day and love doing it. There's a beautiful interactivity that happens here where you can, talk to anyone i'm one of those people that i could talk for days so you know i could talk to the air so just knowing that the, for the fact you that and I me both. Talk to the air, right <laughs> it's like the fact that i can talk into the air and somebody responds back to that almost immediately or in, in seconds after is fantastic not to mention they're all there for the camaraderie they enjoy the exact same thing that i am making so it's it's beautiful it really is so you said that you uh that you were making youtube videos before you got onto streaming what were you doing like skits or like what type of what type of content were you pushing on on uh, YouTube? I wasn't doing skits. I knew what I wanted to do with the top Derek. I didn't I should say I didn't know what I wanted to do with the top Derek mountain. It was a cesspool of different uh, genres of videos. I mean, it was like it was kind of like vlog content but uh, that was based. I, I made disc golfing videos, but they were just like me and my brothers. We, we are all my, my family's very large and uh, we're the antics to which we we all fuel off of each other. I have to call my brothers are uh, very familiar with escalator comedy, which is just like just building off of one another to just get it out there. And it's, it was so much fun. I was like, why not put this on camera? So I made a series that was that. Then I started doing gaming stuff. I was like, let's play. Is there something I really want to go ahead and do? Um, I love the storytelling that narratives, uh, the, the storytelling that you can get out of Let's Plays. Um, and uh, I really enjoyed making that content. And uh, it was always for me, that was what I wanted to do was the gaming side of things. But I knew that I there was other avenues I wanted to explore. Hence the disc golfing stuff and uh, the brownies do things. Um, me and my brothers, of course, since we are the wonderful caramel brown tones that we are, uh, the the overall um, we call our camaraderie the the brownies and the brownies do things. We've done hot sauce challenges. We've done other things as well. So I mean, like we've definitely delved deep into like the the vloggy type update skit videos yeah. if you would we've tried everything but no, nothing really a hundred percent stuck because i was still very indecisive to where i wanted to go all i knew is that i wanted to create content and put it somewhere where somebody else could appreciate it and as much as i love and even if not i made something from and in like infancy stage all the way up to the end and that was beautiful itself video making is an art form and i just it's cool that i get to go ahead and make that put that somewhere and somebody else gets to go ahead and see it okay um so 
the name of your, the name of the well name of everything that you have right now is Atop Derek Mountain. How did you come up with that with that name? What what does it mean? What does it mean? <laughs> So uh, the name and how it was made isn't really so much of a glorious story. Um, I think what it stands for me has evolved since the beginning of A Top Dark Mountain. Um, so to give you a, a, the the origin story is that a, a, me and a friend of mine were talking about the ambitions of wanting to create a YouTube channel, wanting to make video content, you know, they get really get something out there. And we're like, we need some names for our channels. Like, I think we should have our separate channels and then get something together. So he named his uh, really confused 33. And I was like, Oh, that's fantastic. I love that. I love that name. I was like, you know, I, I love the name. I just really don't want something with any numbers. And I really wanted to, I wanted to stand out. And then he just, he, like, we were talking, I did this really dumb face during the conversation and he, and the face, uh, you know, if you, if you could see it, it's just really like open smile, like, and uh he was like dude i got it i was like what he goes let's a mountain just imagine a mountain but with your face on it <laughs> and he was like i was like okay and then we started to elaborate on it more and he was like uh how about and i was like uh, so Derek rushmore yeah De right mount Derek rushmore i was like <laughs> i was like um okay what what and then a top i was like a top Derek mountain and then it, that that's it. It just stuck on top Derek mountain. That's what it was. We went into Photoshop. We took my, took a picture of my face, threw it on a mountain. And that's what it was. It was a top Derek mountain. So I knew that that's what it was. That was like when I was like 14, 15. And then it wasn't until I made the YouTube channel until I was like 20. So, I mean, like I still stuck to that idea for that mm. long, for the longest of time. So I was like, this sticks to me. It has a certain presence to me. Um, but that's the origin story. What it means to me to be a top Derek mountain is that um, I would say that like my YouTube channel, we we always celebrate the, uh, the ascension, ascending. Um, you have you have, you coming to the channel, you've ascended a mountain. Uh, climbing a mountain, climbing any peak, uh, doing any type of hike is an accomplishing feeling. So I like to be able to celebrate what it's like to be on top of that mountain. Uh, I'll I'll admit uh, I am a human. Humans are very um, flawed creatures. They do make many mistakes, but at the end of the day, we do our best to try to be our best, try to get mm -hmm. to the top. So to be a top dark mountain to as to ascend up to the peak is to go ahead and consider myself higher, not like above everyone else, but to 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 physically feel like you You're are further along the journey than since maybe someone else. Exactly. And even even then, like you're, you're on your own journey at that, too. So mm -hmm. I encourage you to ascend. I encourage you to climb that mountain. That is the that is what I believe the mountain stands for myself. And so I try to tell everybody, you know, staying in a positive mood. I never try to bring negativity to the stream. I try to bring good conversation, try to bring good, constructive, uh, I mean, fun. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, that's what the mountain stands for for me. But I'm hoping that at any point it means something else for somebody for somebody, too. And if it means the same thing to them, to me or to me, to them. Mm. what a wonderful world <laughs> no i feel you because uh i can definitely say is that uh personally maybe two years ago that's when i started getting into like watching streams and <clears throat> the thing that i realized the uh, thing that i noticed it was just like oh it's like it and taking nothing away from anybody any other streamers but it was always just like kind of like a generic white guy. It's like, but yeah. growing up, I was old, like, sometimes I would get clowned for liking video games, always playing video games, like an anime, like in all this type of stuff. And it's like, and I guess a top, a top Derek Mountain, like seeing someone that looks like me doing the things that I love is like, it was definitely uh, refreshing because I would say that for 
guess when I started, I started goddamn eight years, no, seven years old playing video games. Like if I, if they had streaming back then and seeing that, it's just like, nah, you're not a weirdo. You just like video games. Like there are other people that like video games as well. So I'll definitely say that um, I appreciate what you're like, the content that you're, that you're doing, because I know what it would mean to me as a child watching someone that looks like me stream. Yeah, and I, I, I generally appre- I appreciate that because I mean, a it gives me a that's very much a a new perspective, to, a way to look at it as well. That that opportunity, that seeing that you can that you can get to this uh, this point, and I think that's one thing that Twitch itself as a platform has kind of gone ahead and uh, been appreciating a lot more lately is the diversity that is on the platform, and it should be celebrated so that people like yourself can get exposed to people of their color or tradition or culture or whatever have you and allow them to celebrate that too and that can go with the lgbtq community or that could go for black uh, the black black woman community uh, any 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 ethnic grouping community that's mm. on twitch i know that recently um uh, pacific islanders have been this entire month is pacific islander month where they are recognizing all people who are that dwell in that space and i think that's i think that's great i think that's perfect because it brings the same thing it brings that same attitude that you're talking about and i think that um I think that's the if we all had that if we all had that mentality to continue to raise everybody else up around us mm-hmm. it'd be a, it'd be, a, it'd be a perfect world so because everyone likes video games <laughs> yeah like, everybody likes video games yeah but some people don't see what they're doing sometimes as video games because um I was watching uh I think it was well I think it was like Adam ruins everything and mm-hmm. it was talking about video games and it's like oh like they say that like video games are pushed more so towards like towards men. However, women play almost the same, like same frequency as men, but it's more so like at like phones on uh, games on your phone, those mm-hmm. types of things. And it's like, because, and I agree with them that the console and like PC games, the way that they construct things, it, it mm-hmm. is male like oriented. It, it yeah, does like sure. push towards that, but the thing is, is that like, oh, the amount of times my mom has sent me invitations to farmland, uh, <laughs> I almost, had, <laughs> I almost had a blocker. <laughs> but more, but more, that's more invitation people. to raise that cow. Yeah, it's like mom, I, I'm not trying to farm, <laughs> but that's a video game. Like mm-hmm. she also loves playing. I think it was oh, growing up, it was. Uh, bejeweled that oh, that yeah. was her game that was uh, like so it's stuff like that where i think that it's uh especially with twitch and i think other platforms but like you said like t- twitch is like very oriented about like we're gonna try to reach as many people as we can it's like it's kind of expanding it's kind of expanding that um that exposure to people that consume video games because everyone does but mm-hmm. sometimes i think we have certain stigmas in diff- in all different spheres that's like video games are okay for these people or video games are okay for this particular subgroup within this population so yeah i think it's i think it's definitely interesting that uh, that like twitch is definitely like reaching out and trying to uh, tr- trying to expand yeah, agreed, and and I think that's uh, I think it's a certain respect. The movement, of course, with with everything going on in in, mm-hmm. in the world, uh, politically, social, socially, economically, whatever have you. Uh, I mean, it all is a general shift. It's good to see other other 
corporations, other things, adopting this and celebrating the people that are their bread and butter. And uh, I, I, at, the, at the end of the day, knowing that you have that perspective of, of looking into a top direct mountain and gaining that, that, that right, that like, oh, I, I can do this. I can, I can want this. It's the same way that I can is it's an amazing process and it's full circle. So again, thank you so much for that perspective because that makes me feel like that makes a top feel that makes you feel like a top Derek Mountain is doing more than I want it to, and that's exactly what I want it to do. I want it. To, I want. I want it. I want to see what we can get to and what other steps we can take to really raise ourselves yeah. all together, the community as a whole. Yeah, and uh, yeah, because when I when I think about it, it's like maybe from like. Facebook gaming, like there are, I can think of maybe two other like black streamers that I follow and it's like, but then when you actually look at the, like the list of like available streamers, it's, it's disproportionate. That's the best way that I can, yeah. but what, uh, going back to what you said is like, so the thing is, is that like you're you're an artist, so you're creating content. And I think the best thing with, um, well, correct me if I'm wrong, like with artists is that sometimes you don't wanna give the meaning to the content that you give out. You want people to draw their own meaning from it. And that's what resonates the most with, with people. Yeah, no doubt. That's exactly how I feel. It's like, if I, if I put it out there into the world, you're allowed to interpret it in any way, shape or form that you like. Mm -hmm. And I, at the end of the day, you have my respect for, twisting it any any anything that's uh, art period because i mean like we all have a certain eye for it we all have a certain my all different minds that are wired differently it's things that you agree on i didn't i don't agree on but i think that's the healthy part of the conversation is that especially with art is that how does one go ahead and interpret it and that's what i like about it it's i, I can tell a narrative i can tell a story i can make that very linear but at the end of the day that where's the fun in that you know it, how, how can i that's my personal preference on how to engage the viewer for sure yeah, because if I if I tell you this like this is what you're supposed to think of this and how to interpret it, then it removes any type of uh, room for discussion or discourse. And it's like no, because a lot of I think art is supposed to push you to think in a different in a different way that you haven't thought about before. Like mm -hmm. so it's like how a comedy comedy has yeah. taken some. <laughs> It's a role comedy has taken yeah. some very touchy subjects and force you force some people to think if they have an open <laughs> mind to think about things in a way that it's like i really never thought about it like that yeah exactly that's the brilliant thing about comedy and that's uh you know funny enough i i think that making people laugh is more than just a hobby for myself it's almost like a mission like i i get laughter is 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 such a wonderful resource and it's so good it, it can be done by everybody and you know everybody enjoys it so the, the one the one thing about comedy is that they do it is a brilliant fine line of reality unchecked you can really go ahead and, and delve deep into things because no matter what every human being is going to laugh at something that is proposed to you that may be critical or cryptic but if bought to you in a certain a certain nature a certain perspective they're going to laugh because at the end of the day even the most terrible thing in the world a joke can be made about it not that it should but it can. Are people going to laugh? Some are, depending on your sensitivity. If you understand comedy, see, yeah. I, I, there's a, there's a form of detachment that you get from comedy. Like when you go to a comedy show, that is art. They're doing art. Mm -hmm. Now, understanding you're not going to agree with everything that they're going to say. Mm -hmm. 
but you didn't come there to share your fucking opinion. So shut the hell up and enjoy the show. Yeah. Uh, that, that's that's how that's how I feel. It's the same thing about an art gallery. If I'm doing art gallery, you don't like nude pictures, and don't go to the art gallery with nude pictures in it. If you know what this, you know what you're getting yourself into. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's comedy is 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 a beautiful thing. I'm so glad that it exists in the world. We have that freedom of speech because I think without it, it would be very hard to accept certain realities because mm-hmm. you can't go ahead and put yourself in those people's shoes, even if it is in a comedic sense. Like I think it, I think it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, and that's why, like, I, like, I respect the comedians that don't hold back. The ones that literally say, like, there's nothing off limits, whether what, like, the social zeitgeist says, it's like, Mm. no, it's like, this is what I'm going to talk about. And there are some people that do it in a very brilliant way. And even the people from those groups or from from those communities, like some people from there are, are laughing at the jokes as well. It's like, because it's like, oh, like that is, that is true. Or that is a funny perspective, uh, uh, funny take on how you, you view it. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think that um, comedy is definitely a very good tool to um, have force people to rethink things, but it also brings people together. And I'll say like, definitely within, within your channel is that you're, you're funny, you're funny dude. <laughs> so <laughs> i mean i try to bring the funny into it. i do my best to try to respect of course twitch tos and everything else that i can do but at the exact same time i'm not i'm not shy to get the lull mm-hmm. i i am i have i like to think that i am a the worst person trapped in a good person's body because the things that happen in one's mind and whatnot that i would see on the day-to-day i have to like skirt myself now you having a mutual conversation no cameras no microphones or anything else like that uh, i'm sorry ahead of time yeah <laughs> oh no because we, we we say some wild shit to each other. oh hey no listen i don't go ahead and hold back that's for sure let, let yeah. it let it let it let it fly when you can when you got the ammunition who are you kidding but definitely one thing that i've noticed is that like even when you are talking about like serious topics on your um on on your stream is that you're able to kind of still lighten the mood even though that it might be a serious topic it's like you you're still able to crack a joke here and there to kind of relieve the tension a little bit but still progress with the with the conversation and um that's that's an art form that most people don't really understand and i think it's just the authenticity of like of what you offer yeah and i appreciate that because the conversation we've had we've had some pretty We've had some pretty deep conversations on the cha- on on the channel uh, regarding a lot a lot of things. Um, you know, some some of them uh, like yesterday we uh, we had that conversation with that woman from Japan um, that you know who's transgender and was talking about her her how her rights are reflected and everything else there and how they don't appreciate it. just learning about the culture and you know that right there is a conversation that could have stopped as soon as you know she said she was transgendered but instead mm-hmm. it wasn't. Because at the end of the day, a good a good conversation is continuing continuing to pry into. When you're curious, you explore those curiosities, and that involves a lot more comfortability with things. I believe a lot of people become so what conceit is not they're more uh, I guess shelled like they turtled and whatnot. They don't want to go ahead and express certain things or let their opinion be heard so that it can be critiqued. And that's another <laughs> big thing too is that you know uh, you have to be really good with hearing other people's words. Because if you're not going getting critique, critique or hearing that you know you're doing something wrong and then not accepting for the fact that you're not doing something wrong that you're doing something right or whatever it may be, albeit that your opinion or what you're doing or whatever, 
uh, I think it's important to go ahead and hit uh, all, all, all sides of it and then learn from it. And then and there's, we've had race conversations. We've had BLM conversations on, on stream. Um, I think one of the uh, ones that we've had that was more, uh, more recent. Yeah, that's why I want to ask you, what is one of the hardest conversations that you've had on your stream? I would say the hardest conversation I've had on my stream was the, uh, there was a time that I had an issue um, on a server that I play on, uh, an RP server that I play on, where there was a black woman, uh, very, very strong, very pro-black woman, um, uh, who happened to be on the server and had pr a prior history with being very sexist towards uh, the, uh, the males on the server, and uh, unfortunately had a run-in with one of my characters, who I play a Native American, um, and on, on that time, at that time, she had made some racial um, she had made a comment that could have been taken as a racially charged comment and didn't further elaborate on the comment to allow it to seem like she wasn't meaning what she was meaning. Uh, at the end of the day, just kind of was left and someone interpret interpreted an opinion. Somebody else took, took that perspective and interpreted it as a racist comment and reported it and uh, unfortunately got her banned from the uh, server. But through all that, uh, what had happened, there was... Um, she had made a video about racism within RP. I had commented on it saying that it was a great video. I thought that it was uh, very educational. There was a brilliant, uh, opinion, uh, brilliant opinion on the subject matter. And um, she should continue you know, that route if she wants to make those constructive conversations. Uh, keyword constructive. Um, she decided that it was more prominent to, to go ahead and uh, to put out there somebody else's name in, in the, her video. Uh, that she had made and i thought it was appropriate because the person was still you know i was still playing with the server that this character still existed i was like maybe you should talk to this person because i think that educationally you should go ahead and hear her perspective so that you can learn why there's an issue with this character and then you should go ahead and uh, find a way to mutually come to a conclusion that will make, make for an understanding so that you can how to shape your character to be more uh, and the character happened to be more of like a in in the opinion her eyes uh, a more caricatured version of like a um uncle tom cartoon so mm -hmm. she was she didn't I, and i and i totally seen it like i i get it because like a stupid black character inside of that realm in that time period can be taken as this right like yeah. it, that could definitely be it especially if played by somebody who is a white man all right like i, I, t I totally understood exactly where where she was coming from oh so it but, was so it was a white streamer that created a black character in not yeah, not a white streamer. It was just white. It was just a white player. Oh, that just oh, so just yeah, a white player that created yeah. a black character, and that yeah, was the caricature that he. Well, that was the character that he created. In so, do you want to tell people what RP is? Uh, yeah, RP. It's role. It's role play. So, uh, you can find role play inside of games like tabletop games like Dungeons and Dragons, or you can find it in things like uh, LARPing, which is a live action role play, uh, which you probably see like movies like uh, role models and whatnot. That's about that. Um, or you can find it even in video games, which is the format that I've been celebrating in the past like year. But role playing is pretty much you making a character, putting them inside of a setting and world and having them thrive uh, within that world and meet other characters and tell a story with their stories and help the enhance the entirety of the story that's being told through Saints Crossing, which is the RP server that I play on. Um, but uh, that can go anywhere in, in any server that you play on, but it's great. That's what, our, that's what, uh, what RP is. So um, you said that and I'm sorry to side. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Uh, no, go ahead. Because um, that's the thing that we we talked about it with. I think one of your um, one of your friends a couple. Well, I, I don't know time, but uh, yeah. In the past, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, how does how does the story of like the overarching 
story within like an RP server get created and like, how does that progress? So, so like, how, how does, how does the setting progress? Is that like in the, in the, yeah, because you said that there's a story that like, there's a story that everyone plays into that's kind of like moving forward. It's like, but how do you get like the story set like initially? Because yeah, so that yeah. depends. Think so when you are role playing in a server, you think of it think of it like a world. They're taking assets from a video game, or if they're taking it from D and D or whatever have you. They are making a world from a pre existing world. Uh, within that, there's a story that's already set. For example, the server I play on, Wild RP, uh, is play is using the Red Dead Redemption and all their assets and their game to make the story. But the entirety of the game story has been scratched. Instead, you have an entire world that's been implemented by the creators of the server. They call their world Saints Crossing instead of the entire of what you know the in-game characters of Red Dead call it. Every town is the same: Valentine, Strawberry, all those different towns. But instead it's driven by RP that's in place that either characters have put in, like people can own stores or the inn or work at the bank or do, or instead of doing that, they are just thieves or outlaws. And there is lawmen, like there's an actual sheriff's office. And those people who have all these stories of each character being brought into the world, bring something into the world. Albeit that be their past that comes into their present or that being their presence that contributes all the way to their future. There is always a narrative being told because there is literally on the service, 32 spots and the one that I play on, it is 32 stories going on at the exact same time. So all that the server people did in the beginning was just plop the world down and give it all the mechanics that you can go ahead and do in game. And then we filled the world with the story. Okay. So it's kind of, it's a little bit like Inception where it's like the architect builds the world and then the dreamer fills it with their own like subconscious kind of. And then from there, everything. Is exactly what it is. <laughs> <laughs> you said Inception. I was like, yes, you are literally playing God. Like there's literally someone playing God. And then after they play God, they stop. There's literally a guy in server that literally can spawn a lightning bolt and shock you into oblivion. It's a, it's brilliant. So yes, you are, you are right. It's totally Inception. Right, so definitely don't want to piss off God. Uh, <laughs> go Old Testament on mm-hmm. um, But okay, because thank you for explaining that because I kind of thought it was just like, you'd hop on a server and it would be, it'd be like, oh, like this is kind of the storyline and like, where do you fit within the storyline? But more, it's more so it's like you hop into it and the story is literally based off of things that I do. So like, if I'm an outlaw, I can run around and just kind of kill people and just be that type of person. But from there, there's a storyline that's just like, hey, we're trying to catch this mass murder. And like, that's like, that's the like how RP is kind of constructed. Yeah, is that the exactly. right way? Of- it is, and it's it's a, and you're you're totally right. I would say the one thing that uh, I think should be elaborated on is that even if you were to play an outlaw or if you play a lawman, uh, you can't run around and just shoot and kill people because, like you said, there's a story that needs to be told. So, for example, I can't run around even if my enemy is in the middle of town. I can't just run up to my enemy and shoot him in the face. That was a good storytelling. What would be good storytelling is this. I see him an hour prior and I say, listen, we have an argument. We have a talk in between that conversation. I say to him verbally, if I see you on the streets, I'm going to shoot you on sight. Mm-hmm. 
I have now initiated verbally that this person is not going to be safe as soon as I see this person. Now I can run up to him and shoot and kill him. Okay. But to, to, to be an outlaw who knows he's going to rob the town, if I just ran up to the town to make an example of some random and just shot him in the fucking head, like you wouldn't be, you'd be banned from the server in two seconds. Because okay. unfortunately, there is, there is, there is not, un, not, it's unfortunately, unfortunately, you cannot, you, you can tell a story like you can a movie, but like, and think about in the sense that you're making a movie, you can't just have some guy randomly killing people if he just says, he, if he's a serial killer, great. Yes, he does run around and kill people, but he's methodical. He's a serial killer. There has to be a story that gets him to each one of his kills mm-hmm. and how he gets there. The same thing goes for anybody else that has anything that is that drastic, whatever have you. Uh, but I think that's the best part about role play is that there's this always this heavy consideration of pushing an agenda forward. So even if you know, like if you know that you're dealing with a criminal, you are, are heavily considered that there's a 50% chance you're going to get killed. So, but you have to then also, for example, you as an RPer can dictate your fate. If this guy comes and shoots you and shoots you in the head, you can just say you got shot in the shoulder instead because you dictate your 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 existence in that yeah. sense. Um, but uh, at the end of the day, there if the storyline is considered, that person might go ahead and die, die, which makes a bigger impact inside of the RP world because now that person's gone forever. The storyline's ended. And mm-hmm. now when one person dies, that gives seven people more fuel to go, go do something else. And that's the best part about RP. It's this okay. vicious cycle of just of of turning out content. <laughs> so it's amazing. It's a big production. So do most um, do most people that play RP like you said uh, Red Dead Redemption Two is what mm-hmm. you play. Uh, so if someone say if an outlaw is doing like a coach heist or something like that, they get mm-hmm. shot and killed. Do most people just say like, okay, homie's homie's gone. Let me go make another character and bring him in into that or like or do most people just be like oh let me just respawn and try it again yeah so that depends on your i guess your motive and your story because at the end of the day like for me i won't kill like i have walter cross i would not go ahead and kill that man unless the rp was good enough to dictate so (laughs) so you could be in a coach heist and shoot your coach heist in the head and blow his head off right Mm-hmm. And or a bow his arm off and he die, and he dies. You down him. But the thing is though is that that's his job to go ahead and say I'm going to die. That means he then sits there and RPs are like weak pulse, uh, bleeding from the arm heavily, arterial bleed, blah blah blah. Like and he's letting everybody know like text wise like he is dying. Like he is he is on the way out. That person then goes ahead and dies. That or they'll just play off as a smaller injury and then they'll get resuscitated by whoever is around and to bring them back up and then they can just play the injury of that gunshot wound or whatever have you so um i mean there is a lot of people that stay true and true to you know you, you get down you're dead like they're like perma perma rp which that's like the really like serious serious stuff but there's so much stuff in game that can go ahead and kill you especially in uh, red dead redemption wolves bears the locals you look at them wrong they'll shoot you straight in the face um but it really depends on the rp or storytelling skills to see if they want to go ahead and t- end them then or end them later so or not so much as their skills but their preference Okay. All right. Now I know a little bit more about RP. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I don't think I'll be able to do it because I'm not good at impressions like you are. <laughs> or uh, listen, practice makes perfect, fella. Practice I mean, because you also outside of a streamer, you also are a uh, voice actor, correct? 
yes, I have been pursuing voice acting in a uh, very serious uh, caliber for the past like three years, going on four. And I've uh, been doing a lot of local stuff around the area, but if not local things, I have been doing just like small jobs here and there using different uh, voice uh, voice websites like Voices.com or um, Backstage has a good amount of voiceover jobs too. So overall, just to see, seeking any opportunity, Fiverr, went ahead and made one of those. Those are pretty interesting. Did some small jobs on that too. But overall, uh, yeah, yeah, that's um, I I do voiceover stuff more as um, I would love to be a voice actor as a full time gig. I was a hobbyist beforehand, but now I would love to. That would be a, a career path that I could see myself doing for the rest of my life. Okay, because like as a, the reason why I know about how good you are with the voice actors because when you are doing RP, depending on the character that you're playing, you do change your voice and like your accent and different things like that to to match it. So I've like I picked up on. That, I was like, oh, it's like I right. it's like okay, it's like he's getting good <laughs> <laughs> well i feel like if you're gonna go ahead and try to get into your craft you gotta you gotta you gotta try um i'm a firm believer that you know 70 percent of the journey is learning as much as you can and applying at 30 percent is getting there you know mm-hmm. and uh and voiceover work learning as much as i can about the voice there's so much out there i mean we live in a very fortunate uh time where the internet can provide so much free information that you can borderline get yourself a college degree just from the stuff that you see on the internet, you know? YouTube uh, University. <laughs> yeah, YouTube University, man. Uh, I mean, the voiceover stuff that I've learned in workshops, um, uh, Steve Blum's workshops, um, on top of uh, um, just the, all the different videos I've watched on YouTube and the other different research that I've made has really helped me hone in on different ways to change my voice to apply it to any situation and i think there's something absolutely beautiful with just the ability to tell a story with just your voice and not your face and tell it through something else and if i could do that every single day i would love it and the fact that i can technically do that every single day through rp has been an utter blessing uh it's also a great tool to practice uh everything uh, I'll be, uh, you know, everybody to be singing or accents or voices or whatever have you. I've played some ridiculously silly characters. I've played some very serious characters. Um, Walter Cross is a um, is a 1900 salesman made businessman. Uh, so he's got like the salesman infliction from back then. So come and get it one by one. It's the only thing you'll get, and it is on sale just for you. So his voice is just a consistent uh, uh, up and down, and I, I love I love playing him. Then we have people like Wachuge, who is uh, is a Native American, who's very stoic, very experienced warrior, um, dwelling from the northern parts of the tribes, and his voice can be sometimes very taxing just due to the fact that I have to control so much pace along with it. But at the end of the day, it works out. It's probably the easiest, most natural one, personally, just because I've heard so many Native Americans on the reservations myself Mm -hmm. and top of the videos that I've watched uh, just um, trying to interpret the uh, accent so it didn't sound too Hollywood. But um, I mean, we have D'Lo Brown, who's like my super strong, like like pro black man. Uh, he's uh, he's literally a parody of a parody. He's a black dynamite parody. Um, but uh, his voice is super deep. The fact that I get to go ahead and mess with all these mess with all these voices, I get to do them in so many different variations, uh, is 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 great. And um, it uh, Wild RP has been a uh, has been a brilliant, a brilliant exercise tool. For voice acting, for sure. So, thanks for existing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, RP. You're, you're the goat. <laughs> uh, Indeed. But 
yeah, I'm, uh, I do want you to finish that, that story that you were talking about with uh, the uh, woman that ended up getting banned. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, let me, so just go, go back to us. Yeah, that's all the, the white, uh, there was a fellow that was on there that was playing a white dude. Now understanding the man, the man that he was playing mm. was a uh, black man in the game Red Dead Redemption. His name is Lenny. He was playing a character inspired by Lenny named Lemmy. So he was a white man playing a black man, but was parodying a character who was already black, but didn't understand the overall opinion and perspective that someone may share towards that. So I respect, I sent this person to send them to the um, this wonderful woman. And uh, when he got to, the, he went to talk to her, she, he was explaining like what his inspiration was for the character. And she took that as an excuse to him making a character like, like, him and was like that's unacceptable and her response wasn't very um educational and that's my biggest thing is that with everything that we have here especially when it comes to disagreements is that you have to educate somebody on your perspective so that they can have a further understanding or a mutual understanding you can come to so we can all get better uh, i think that's the one thing that i think we can agree with when it comes to racism i mean racism sucks and you want you want to destroy it at the end of the day but the only way that you can destroy it is by educating those who are racist on the perspective of being who on the other side to come to a mutual understanding so there is no more of that yeah. and if that and that and that is that is the most human way of dealing with it even though there's a and lot being of able to listen to do it. exactly because so, if like you have to be able like for you to respond you have to actually not just listen but hear what the person's saying because if someone thinks that oh black people are inferior i'm the type of, and not everyone is built for it but i'm the type of person to be like so why do you think that and i'll let them spew everything that they have out so that they can get everything out and then we can have a conversation. But if you never let someone uh, at least say what's on their mind or say how they truly feel, then you're not gonna be able to even address the core beliefs that they have because they're always gonna have that just like um, shielded and you're only just gonna get the representatives that they send out. You're not gonna actually be able to speak to the general. You're only gonna speak to the pawns. Yeah, exactly. And that I have, a, when it comes to the topic of racism, I'm a firm believer of an educational stance. And I thought that this, this lady was going to do the same. I thought that she was going to, to be more on the educational side, but instead she, her response back to the gentleman was a lot more of a shutdown of it. Very, very strong. Maybe like, this is an excuse type of thing in this conversation. And then literally her words, this conversation is over. So obviously it was very one, very one-sided. I, I obviously had a, a terrible, <laughs> A wrong sense in the judgment of character. So, um, and eventually uh, got to the point, and this brings me up to the, the the question that you had asked, which is, have I had to ever deal with something like this in RP? Um, or deal with the hard, whatever, what is the hardest thing I've ever had to deal with on my stream? As we said, the hardest conversation. Mm -hmm. The hardest conversation that I've ever had on my stream was, uh, was admitting that there was an issue with something that I had something to deal with that was very taxing on my mind because her response back to me after having a conversation with her about the fact that I told, I sent them to you to have an educational conversation. This is the perspective that I'm looking at it. Is that the mutual understanding? The same thing I'm explaining to you now, and I won't be redundant here. Um, and she took that as I was enabling this white man to impersonate a black man and make an Uncle Tom character and just allow that to be okay. Mm -hmm. As a black man, a black Native American man, it is very hard to hear from somebody of your same color, your same experience, your same blood, your makeup, go ahead and say to you that 
you are an enabler, a racist enabler. Mm-hmm. Knowing that I, knowing nothing, her of course not knowing anything about me, but knowing that I, in experience, have literally dealt with racism to my face, where I've had to have conversations with people protesting on my own landism, making my celebrating my own culture on sacred land, and I'm being told that I don't belong here or anything of that sort. I've gone to I've gone to just about every BLM protest period, but I've done more more than that as well. Educational protests for Native Americans is something that I was I've made my ten year plan, which nobody else knows about. But I'm get we'll, we'll get to that news and. Two more years. So, oh. regard, so regardless, it's more it's more or less the fact that it just it, it sucked knowing that I wasn't good enough for somebody because of the fact they did not share the same perspective as me. And I felt so defeated that I couldn't do anything about it. So the mm. hardest conversation for me was bringing that up to my to chat and just talking about it and just being like, this is a story. This is what happened. And I feel I feel I feel weird about it. But then, you know, after conversations with some of my own, my, you know, uh, education, more, you know, educated black friends. And when I say by educated black friends, like, what I mean by that is someone like you, Mr. Farrell, are, a, I would consider to be a very educated black man. You strive for education and perspective and you gain it and you, you, you take a certain drive to attain that information so that you become more well-armed to deal with any type of obstacle that comes your way when it comes to the topic of black history of black uh black appropriation any anything anything around that topic of being an african-american with or any or any of that ethnicity within side of the confines of the united states that's what i mean by educated black man uh, black black person so when i reached out to someone like yourself as well as someone like dippo and all of, uh everything uh, Depot, excuse me. <laughs> Vault. um shout you out always up his name. <laughs> hey i was in the middle of the conversation sorry i wasn't thinking you know, about this podcast, uh, you gotta get it right Depot. Depot. so let me start again you can edit the take ready when i was talking to educational black folk like mr farrow here as well as Depot. I'm not gonna edit it. Is it this whole oh, thing? Ah, oh, <laughs> oh, you bitch. Anyway, he knows you're gonna <laughs> say it <wrong> the first time. <laughs> There's no hiding. There's no hiding. Not from this. Not from this post-edit god. <laughs> um. So, but, but what, I, what I'm what I'm getting at is that uh, there was really good. It was really great to get reassurance from other educational educated peers on the subject matter that I wasn't crazy with the stance that I was at, and that it was something that. I couldn't have controlled due to the fact that there was so much unfurled emotions that were into it. There was no logical sense of thinking or understanding to attain a certain goal that pushed everything forward instead of just addressing something and then not being okay with it and not it being a conversation to allow it to be further elaborated on. But uh, that is the hardest conversation I've ever had to have on my Twitch stream, which was addressing racism, uh, addressing racism through my, that perspective through something that I love. Okay. Yeah, and I remember when when we spoke about it, and so I guess one question I would ask is that the person you said his name was Lemmy, the actual person in it. The the actual person that was being portrayed, his his character's name was Lemmy, who was okay. a parody of the character Lenny in Red Dead Redemption. Gotcha. So, like the initial character Lemmy, is that? like is that character within itself problematic like when you kind of just look at it i would say that for for me for what he stood for in the understanding the character itself in their their gang the vandal gang is a parody of the gang inside of red dead redemption 
when I think of parody, I'm thinking about thinking about it this way. Comedy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't see that this this person isn't running around and saying black, black slurs or acting as if he knows anything that's like I'm inviting people to go to a cookout or anything else like that or whatever, right? Like he is he's not doing any of this. He's not he's making a parody of an actual character. Understanding how he acted being a, in his backstory, which was that he was a swamp man. He was a, raised in the swamps in the northern parts of St. Denis, which is like like bayou type <laughs> of uh, things. So he's got like, oh, this is the time I talk. This is what I do. And that was that was his voice, right? Mm-hmm. He plays somebody who was an unintelligent color, black man mm-hmm. on, on the server. I saw her perspective completely on what she was seeing and why it would have been wrong. Mm-hmm. 100%. But the thing is, though, is that the context to the character justified his existence in my eyes because of the fact that it's a parody. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to not acknowledge the fact that I can see the problem here. Yeah. So the parody of it with him being like with the vernacular and the way that he talks is that is that indicative of the actual character or is that the part of the character that he decided to interject? Yeah, it's his character he tried to interject. For example, Lenny is not a silly or stupid person in the game. Lenny is a Lenny is a black man in the gang. All right. Okay. Hutch Vandal, Arthur Morgan, all those other characters are not innately stupid. They're not dumb. <laughs> but the parody characters like that I play, Arthur Morgo, the other fellow that's on the server who uh, plays uh, Dutch uh, Hutch, excuse me, Dutch Vandalin's uh, parody character named Hutch Vandal is an idiot like he is in, he's a leader of the group and he is an idiot he is literally playing the dumbest version of this character i did the same and this other fellow decided to go and play the dumbest version of his character thing oh. is though is that the times history our history doesn't make any sense to a character like that in multiple different people's perspectives because I, I promise you if you showed the character without any context of what i just went ahead and said to you mm-hmm. To a to a to a audience of a hundred thousand African American or other other folk alike, their perspectives would be at least on a, a 75, 25 that this character is, is not right at all. Like mm-hmm. he's funny because of things that he does, but it's not fu- it's not funny. I am reminded of my of of my ancestors' past or the things that I've been educated on that they have gone through. Like I said, completely understandable. It's just that the context to where his character was coming from. You would have to understand it through him actually telling you. That's why I thought it was appropriate for her to have a conversation with him so they come to a mutual understanding so that she he could then create a character that was better in the sense of acceptable yeah. for her eyes as well as others who might share the same perspective. Okay. Yeah. So what so the you said the vandal van, vandals? That's the Yeah, the, the gang is so, called the Hutch the Hutch Vandal gang. The Hutch Vandal gang. So in that gang, it's like everyone's an idiot. Everyone is an idiot. Literally, everyone is an idiot. Okay. Nobody so, is smart. No one does anything smart. Okay, so it would be like analogous to if someone made a Native American character and that person was like a babbling idiot. It's not because I think that's what black people are. It's the role in which that person is playing in that in that context of it. Exactly. So, like, if someone were to make a Native American and, and were to, and again, Lemmy spoke. He just didn't. He didn't speak smartly. You know what I mean? Like, he he, he was he was educated. He just didn't speak smartly. If someone made a Native American parody character from a context 
of what was already put out there and I understood it as that, yes, then that's fucking totally acceptable. I mean, I, 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 would, I would think if they were doing racial slurs, making fun of the chanting, making fun of this, not respecting the culture that is there, then I would take 100% issue with it. Gotcha. Lemmy, Lemmy himself wasn't an attack on an African-American person. That was not the context that is there. But it can be taken on attacking the history of, of what is out there. That is the wrong outlook on an African-American person, period. Gotcha. Okay. So without the context, she was pretty much thinking that it was like blackface in RP. <laughs> no, and exa it's exactly what it was. And I, and I, to and again, uh, to address, I totally agree. I totally can agree with the perspective. I totally yeah. can. Yeah. And I, I, I saw an eye with it. Definitely about context. Yeah. A hundred percent. Because if I, I, like I said, if I didn't take the time to explain that to you, you would have thought the exact same thing. You would have been like, Derek, what do you, what do you, this sounds, this sounds wonky. And like, even I would have thought the exact same thing. It's just that con context wise in the situation, I, I just thought there would be a lot more. I thought it was an educational situation. I yeah. Thought the, I thought that another person had the same outlook as myself so that we could come to a better conclusion. It just wasn't the case. And it ended up being a very good conversation to have on the stream. Good conversation to have now. And, mm -hmm. and um, at the end of the day, it was a learning experience. So I just know that it's more or less a, it's uh, an addressing of um, mediation. If anything, as much as I didn't think I needed to, because I thought we were adults. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't well, wasn't it wasn't the case. So. Just because you're older doesn't mean you're grown. <laughs> very true. That's very true. <laughs> you, you ain't wrong. That's the truth. You're a trooper. Yeah, and and I think it's definitely important that people need to understand both the action and also the intent, because mm -hmm. even within the court of law, we look at it. It's like there's a difference between. Uh, murder and manslaughter and that one is intentional where I went out and I want to do this and one was in a, uh, un unintentional where it's like this is the result of my action but it was not the intent of my action so it's like yeah. and I know people are probably gonna get mad at me before this but it's like you sometimes have unintentional racism and it's not the person might be good-hearted in what they were doing but didn't understand and like yeah like you said, the lack, the lack of like knowledge and education is a teaching moment. And it's a teaching moment on both ends because as you teach, you will learn. As you learn, you, you will teach. It's like, exactly. so I think it goes back to just having, have, being able to actually have a conversation and understanding what that actually means to have a conversation and not just listening to respond, but hearing to understand. Exactly. No, you, truer words could not have been spoken on the topic. I agree with you completely. So on, on a little bit of a lighter note. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, switch gears. <laughs> switch gears. Happy shit. Happy Let's see if we get into this black hole. Uh, <laughs> but so what is it? So what does it take for someone to like get into streaming? Like is is it possibly can someone with just an Xbox just start streaming or is PC actually the master race? Uh, <laughs> I will say this, the versatility of the PC definitely is a lot better uh, than the Xbox or the uh, PlayStation or Switch. And I only say that as somebody who, was, who is a console baby. I mean, I prefer a controller in my hands and a mouse and keyboard. Um, but overall, if you are trying to 
stream, you need a computer in some sort of capacity. There's no way, and to do it well, or to do it right, um, is what I should say. I'm a firm believer of of quality over quality, mm-hmm. or quality over quantity. Oh my God, I am a firm believer of quality over quantity. Keywords. What what I was getting at is that you can do streaming on your Xbox or your or your console. You can physically stream your content out there. Will it be good? No. Now, if you want to go ahead and stream 1080p HD content, maybe add a camera to there and whatnot as well, you can do that with a PC. You can also do it with your Xbox as well. You don't have to play the game on a PC. For example, my PC beforehand couldn't handle any of the games and stream at the exact same time at the quality that I wanted it to. So I had to use an Elgato, which is a capture card, to capture the, the game content onto the computer and then show the content that way on the stream. Um, you you can stream with the bare minimum. It was not my preference. Do I wish that I did? Yes. I will always encourage this. If you have the drive to stream, that is all you need to do it. It's all you need. Because at the end of the day, the only thing that you need to go ahead and do at first is get yourself out there. Mm-hmm. some sort of capacity and then attain what you want to go ahead and do think about your where you want your stream to be maybe your brand if you're really into something that you already have in motion or think, think about the type of content you want to go ahead and create and then get out there and go do it the drive is the most important part because that's going to help with your success your consistency your networking everything about that um but to, to, to answer your question completely yes you can stream with just the bare minimum you can stream with just your xbox but I would never, ever say do it. <laughs> so if you were streaming with your Xbox, would it just be people can watch, literally just watch the screen that you see and they wouldn't see you? Unless, Pretty much. Would you be able to set up like, what was it? Like a connect? Because doesn't connect have a video thing that they- It does, yes. You can, from what I understand with the Xbox, you can put a connect in there. Um, I think you can actually plug in a webcam. I think it even recognizes that you can do it off your Xbox. It's just that you really cannot make it personal. For me, an overlay, an outlook, um, it really, the motion of the actual stream itself really is something that you can only get with the PC because you can make it more personal. It's more yours. On the other hand, you have to only get what you can do here, like put the camera here or get the video here. And even then, you, I'm not even sure if you can plug a microphone into this thing or if it allows you to even do the microphone off the, the mic. But even then, you're talking about a $20 mic compared to like a different setup that will give you a better quality voice. Like the three things you want out of a, a streaming quality is a good mic, good sound. Um, and that goes for any production in any, any capacity. Um, and then you want a good video. And then you want something to drive it. That being either the content creator or you know, or the content you're, you're that you're creating, one or the other. Like I, I consider myself an entertainer. Like I don't I'm not the greatest at video games, so like I can't, I don't make that type of content. My content is how how much I can have fun with you guys while I'm here, you know, streaming live, you know. Um, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, any of you people thinking about getting into streams? Three things: audio video content whether it be yourself or the games that you play mm-hmm. or artists like if you're an art streamer or you you do music make sure your music make sure your music's good or consistent <laughs> yeah don't don't be some trash soundcloud rapper 
<laughs> Absolutely. And uh, the other thing, of course, is uh, one that you will always need to consider with doing streaming if you're getting into it. Uh, I promise you, consistency is your best friend. If you can set up yourself a schedule, where you can just be on stream at a certain time every single day. People will want people will get to know that like, oh, at this point in time, not only do I eat dinner, but this person's on as well. So I can watch this person live. You know, there's so much that goes into consideration with consistency. So that is another big like do like, do it. Make sure you make a schedule. <laughs> what did uh, it say? It's like what, 28, uh, 21 days to create a habit? Yes. Mm -hmm. So I've been, like I've been it's a habit for you, days. but also a habit for the people that are watching you. It's like, it's exactly. like, oh, what is his name? Some like BF Skinner, like oh, positive reinforcement type of shit. Yep. <laughs> so um, if someone is trying to get into it, it's like, what are the platforms that you would um, recommend? Because I know that you're on uh, you're on Twitch right now. I am on Twitch right now. So I have been streaming technically since I've started about like six years ago now. I've been on five different platforms. Um, there was uh, all these platforms are Mixer, uh, DeLive, YouTube, Twitch, and I tried Facebook gaming for a little bit. Um, with that being said, I felt all, all these things because even when I was in my infancy of streaming, I didn't know where I wanted to go because I knew that I could stream on YouTube and I already had a base of, of like subscribers and people who knew I was on YouTube, but I didn't know what was on Twitch. So I streamed using this thing called Restream.io, which is a uh, hub that holds um, different stream keys so that you can stream to multiple different services at once, um, which at the beginning, it was kind of like, man, I don't think this is the greatest idea to go ahead and do because it's hard to keep track of three different chats at once. Not that much you can have three different conversations going and no one can know what the fuck you're saying on one platform, but know what you're saying on another. Um, but every single one of these platforms had something to go ahead and uh, give. Uh, certain customizability options, certain types of audience pools. Um, so every one of them had a certain amount of growth. Uh, I started off on YouTube uh, beforehand and uh, I moved from YouTube to all those other platforms and then stopped on those other platforms, just did Mixer, Twitch, and YouTube after going ahead and looking at the numbers. And then uh, Mixer decided that it's going to implode. Uh, so Mixer RP went away. Mixer. <laughs> yeah, RP Mixer. Um, so they, they went away and then it was just Twitch and YouTube. So now I have to think about it this way. And this is actually, I think the smartest thing for me to go ahead and do. I create YouTube content, but I don't create YouTube content as consistently as I stream. If I have a, if I just stream, I can concentrate on just one platform and I can upload when I can. Consistency. I should be doing YouTube a lot more often and I, I will be in the near future, but I need to get, I need to get the content out there first. I think that if you're trying to go ahead and nail yourself on a platform, you should try what feels right to you. YouTube has a good amount of things to offer. So does Twitch. I decided after Mixer imploded that I was just going to stream on Twitch because at the time what I was streaming had a lot bigger of a following on Twitch than it did on YouTube. Mm -hmm. That being said, I had a lot more people that were, I, I was attaining a lot more success. I became an affiliate. Um, I had been past the point uh, of, I was a part, not a partner, but I was just an affiliate of Twitch, which means that I can now start making money on the platform. Uh, YouTube wasn't necessarily something that I was Is making that why money I'm seeing on those ads? Yeah. Okay. That's right. Well, no, you don't see the ads. You shouldn't see the ads anymore unless you're just watching the VOD if you subscribe. Subscribe to Top Tech Mountain. Um, but if you well, are... Subscribe. Shameless, shameless. Um, if, if anything that I've learned uh, while, while, do, while doing a Top Tech Mountain is that putting yourself on multiple platforms is great depending on the content that you make. For example, if you're doing Twitch, 
do Twitch, just Twitch. Then take your highlights and everything else as well, the funny things that you do, and upload them to YouTube. Because the success of a streamer is 70% marketing and networking, 30% is the streaming. Mm. YouTube puts you in yeah, a one more time audience. for the people in the back. Uh, for, the people in the, for the people in the back. Streamers. Being a streamer is 70% marketing and networking. 30% of it is streaming. I'm still trying to attain the marketing and networking right now because I, there's a certain, it's a job. It's a full-time job. That right there is a full-time job on top of the streaming. I got the streaming down. I got to get that down. But realistically, putting yourself out there on YouTube puts you in a completely different audience pool. Putting yourself on Twitch puts you in a completely different audience pool. Putting yourself on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Putting yourself out there puts you in completely different audience pools. And then you got to stay consistent. Because I'll tell you this much, you will see so much growth in a month's time posting every single day at least one time on those platforms or every other day. You will see growth in your stream because it's incredible to see how where people go to click on a link and end up somewhere else. And hopefully they land on your channel or they subscribe to your YouTube channel or they follow your Twitch channel, eventually subscribe to that too. But that's, that is kind of the, that's the strategy that I've, attained from all my research is that you really must you really must put yourself on as many platforms as possible so uh realistically first if you're trying to be a streamer find a platform that feels the most right to you when streaming and then go from there and expand but twitch is i think is a great platform i think it's a good start i recommend it okay and didn't who's the biggest streamer right now isn't it what's his name ninja is, is uh, he on twitch or did he as, I, I remember a couple years ago he uh he got some major deal. Yeah, well, if, so he got... He left a, Mixer, right? Yeah, yeah. So let's put it this way. Uh, those, guy, those guys are uh, titans among uh, among these peasant streamers, if you would. Um, dirt, in, in a certain sense. These guys are... Um, they're pushing multi-million dollar contracts. For example, I think it was $60 million that's either Shroud or uh, Ninja got offered to head over to Mixer. $60 million just to go over there. So... When Mixer crashed, and I think that deal was like six months before their crash, mm-hmm. Twitch paid out money to go ahead and get back Shroud and Ninja. Of course, they cut them contracts. They, they, you, you would with with people following like that, they'll go anywhere. And yeah. especially since these people are already on Twitch and got bought out, they just went right back to where it was easy enough to go right back to home. So yeah, those guys made fat paychecks on both of those deals. That's for sure. But uh, <laughs> that's the beauty. That's the beauty of creating them. Um, Creating yourself a beautiful, or not only a brilliant community, but uh, you know, brilliant content on top of that as well. Okay, so because uh, also like because I'll just like kind of just explore Twitch and just seeing what's streaming things like that, and I stumble upon like Brawlhalla championships and things like that. So, so do you think streaming has helped get like the world of competitive gaming out to more people? Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, I was working at my, when I was working at the bar before COVID hit, uh, esports was on the TV on the next to freaking football mm. and basketball. You want to talk about just the esports in the sense of growth. It's beyond, I, I would say that it's, it's definitely because of Twitch because of uh, MLG gaming and, and you know, the uh, esports league, it is definitely branched out to the point where it's now mainstream media. 
Um, I think that is an incredible thing that we live in an age where literally I can see all those things up on a giant 52 inch television next to each other. And, you know, that would never be a thing 20 years ago or 10 years ago. Um, with that being, with that being said, uh, Twitch it, has it was definitely... competitive gaming before it was just more so like kind of underground, like people would go into an arcade to watch some people throw them hands and like street fight. <laughs> hell yeah. Hell yeah. No, 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 no. We're in the mall for like a halo tournament or some shit like that. Like that was, those were the days back then, man. Lo- local, local MLGs <laughs> tournaments. Um, but the, uh, you're, to answer your question, I would say Twitch has definitely helped out with the MLG sphere to get the, the word out there. I think that it's even more or less the, uh, the money that is made from these events and how much traffic they do push because because of that. Twitch has helped grow that. Other platforms have helped grow that too. You got a 14-year-old win like millions of dollars for yeah, Fortnite? Yeah, like ten million dollars, I think it was for a Fortnite tournament, and that was brought that was broadcast, that was on. I watched that live at my job. Like that was that was live, um, and that was crazy to watch Fortnite on on the on, on the screen. It, it is now so mainstream that it is now comfortable. I would say that Twitch has helped out with that immensely. Uh, multiple different platforms on top of that as well, because it all started there. That was the only place you could watch uh, esports television. And then once they were able to go ahead and get sponsors, more than just the sponsors, but the actual TV uh, production, the giant uh, halls and all that crap, you're really able to go ahead and put the money behind it. So why not go ahead and capitalize on that anyway? Put that on on ESPN and whatnot. A totally different demographic of people are now going to watch games be played live um in a way in a way that's so competitive that you know is it it's hard ESPN to understand or is it on like espn too no no <laughs> i think it's on espn like i'm straight up espn like oh it's really i didn't know I they mean, put it on yeah hey man it may be on espn too i don't question me i don't watch sports ball much i'm uh it's okay neither do di- i disconnected really it, are it's okay it's fine <laughs> mm-hmm. uh but i mean that is because i kind of i looked at it and yeah, just kind of seeing all the different tournaments and things like that. Like, I remember growing up, they would have, like, yeah, there would be Xbox tournaments and things like that. But, like, not even that I would go to them. I would hear about them. It was like, oh, like, there's a tournament starting. And if you want to enter, like, you can go in. I tried once, got worked. So I realized that stick to stick to the books. Uh, <laughs> No, but it's it's definitely good for people that are into gaming, want to be competitive, and now there are major outlets for them to actually showcase their skills and mm-hmm. actually get paid for it. Yeah, no doubt. And it's a beautiful, that's a beautiful cycle, man. You, you get you get the talent out there and get them out there, show them off. Hopefully they win. <laughs> so in this is something else that I thought about just in the terms of how available streaming is now and being able to watch like streamers with new games and everything like that. And so like, how do you, how do you think that streaming has like affected like uh, game sales? Because normally people would just buy the game, play it, find out if the game's good or bad, if it really sucks and then either return it or just never pick it up again. But I feel like with streaming now is that when a new game comes out, I know I do it, is that I'll watch a I'll watch a streamer play it first and say like, oh okay, like this game is actually pretty good. Let me let me go ahead and actually get it. Versus if I'm watching them like yeah, I'll give you an example. Death Stranding. Fantastic game. Would never play it. I'd I would watch it, but I would never I would not <laughs> I would not play it. 
But if I didn't watch the stream, it would probably be a higher possibility of me buying it. Yeah, I, I would say, because um, I mean, a, I don't I don't look at say it's sales numbers of that for games ever since I left retail. Um, at the end of the day, I was really about, about that. I would say the sense of streaming because of the fact of how people how people consume media, especially stream media, you know, you, you are watching your favorite streamer do it. But the thing is though, is I think that 80% of the viewers that are watching streamers are watching it for the streamer to play it. Not because they are not going to play it because I have talked to so many people in chat who are like, I played cyberpunk 77. Like, yeah, I've already beaten the game. Mm. So they play the game. They bought the game. Obviously it's just that they wanted to see me go ahead and play it. So sometimes I guess that is the, the drive for the, the viewer. Um, I know for a fact that if I watch a streamer play a game, it's usually, I don't really watch story games because if I'm going to play it, I'm going to play the story game. Like Village, I would, I would love to watch my favorite streamers get scared and whatnot playing that game. I would watch that, but I would want to play it before I watch it. So that so the way that I consume my streamers is different from yours. But the competitive streamer, if it's just like a somebody you want to fucking like Call of Duty or uh, or like you know any other game shooter, I would rather watch than go. I, I mean, I would watch them and also play it and not be bothered. But it really, I guess, depends on the game. So I would say game sales, no, because at the end of the day, if I go ahead and play a game like, for example, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, which a lot of streamers and other players get, or if you're someone that makes does let's play games, you would go ahead and play that game for an hour to two hours and then stop playing it until the game came out. By that time, you've already, that streamer who streams to 80,000 people or that man that's made an hour video of playing a mission and he gets 1 million views, he just went ahead and sold about 100,000 copies. Mm. Gotcha. Realistically. So, I mean, like, it's it's kind of like uh, those bi- businesses really do play that game of, 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 you know, cat and mouse. Like, are you going to be able to catch this? Are you going to be able to get the money from it by putting this content out there? And I'll tell you this much. Any any Ubisoft game has a heavy, heavy marketing um, strategy when it comes to that. They reach out to everybody and say, we got the game. You get the game two to three weeks later. Can you go ahead and play the game this many times in their contract? Mention the game. Mention that this is sponsored by Ubisoft and the company, blah, blah, blah. And we'll pay you a certain amount of money. That's how, that's how streamers a lot, a lot of the time make their bread and butter. I am not. I wouldn't say that I am not big enough to go ahead and get a sponsorship at the moment, uh, yeah. at least comfortably. Let's say, yeah, you're going to be there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm very faithful. Uh, uh, you know, that, that eventually that will be my future. Um, when the time does come and I do get sponsors, like those sponsors help pay the bills. Those guys that get sponsored by Ubisoft are getting contracts are like, hey, here's like $50,000 and whatnot to go ahead and talk about our product and you get it a week early and we appreciate it. Thank you. Handshake. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, money. Um, but yeah, I would, um, I would say that the game sales itself, that, that's kind of, that would depend on the game and that would depend on the marketing team that is doing it. But I would say no. I would say that if anything, it's benefited it. It's been a benefit. Okay. Yeah. So I'm just the odd one out. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> no, because I really thought about it because, uh, well, it's also just games that come out on Xbox because I only have Xbox, but I've also realized, like, I've watched streamers play uh, PC exclusives. And yeah, I guess it, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of to your point is that I see that it's a good game. And I've thought about like, damn, maybe I should get a PC so I can so I can play this. I didn't, but the thought still ran through my head. Uh, yeah, and if, and if you could, you would like that. If that was a if that you could constantly like, yeah, we throw like two thousand dollars on a computer so I can get this game, you would do it. If it was not, if it was just not even a second thought, obviously we could do a lot more than the two thousand dollars. But hey, you know, if you wanted it that bad, and you had the money for it. Why not? Right? 
Yeah. Why not? Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, it's. Uh, is it? This is America. Land of not a consumer. Capitalism wins. Oh Always. yeah, it's just consume, consume, consume. Manja, manja, manja. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, that I mean, I feel like I've I know a lot about streaming now. I I I mean, I'm probably not gonna be one. I'm still gonna just give you my money. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's tis much appreciated. Th- thank you, by the way. You're a, you are a generous contributor to every stage on the mountain, my friend. And I love I love having you in the chat too. To be honest with you, I love having you in the chat. Oh my god. Oh no problem. Oh, trust me. Those uh, those forehead jokes are coming back. Yes. Don't keep them coming. Oh, there's plenty of canvas up here. I can take it. Oh, there's a lot of real estate. <laughs> there's a lot of real estate up there. <laughs> this is the strongest bulwark. It's like Ministerith from fucking Lord of the Rings up in this bitch. You see this shit? <laughs> I had the fucking goddamn Gondor. <laughs> um, do you have more questions for me, my friend? No, I think we pretty much. Yeah, I think we pretty much cover every, everything's platform. Oh, uh, no. I mean, even talked about like how. Like how do people like monetize their uh, like their their channels? Is said through either contracts or like is there so oh so here's the thing that I realized that the uh, difference between like Twitch and like Facebook gaming because I'll watch people on both is that like Twitch I know that you can subscribe to a channel and that's mm-hmm. how like uh, streamers can make their money, but I also found out with like uh, Facebook gaming, you can subscribe to it. And then they also have what they call stars where people can just send stars to people. Is there something similar to that on Twitch or is that something that Facebook with its multi-million dollar just, you know, (laughs) controlling the world? uh, (laughs) So I would say that, yes, there is. I don't don't know what the equivalent of what a star is on Facebook, but I know that there is three ways of like a, of currency, if you would, that can be tossed around within, um, within Twitch. So Twitch has, of uh, course, donations that you can set up through a very varying different things where it allows you to physically donate money straight to the bank account of the streamer. That's one way of, make, of making money. There's the oh, one currency. The other one would be subscriptions, which is a $5 commitment to the actual uh, stream itself. And that gives you emotes and a bunch of other bonuses and all that stuff. Uh, what I think is the equivalent of stars of what you mean, it would be the equivalent of bits or cheers in Twitch. You can go ahead and buy bits. They're one cent. So then you can go ahead and take 10 cents and cheer somebody with 10 bits. Or in the equivalent, Facebook, give somebody 10 stars. Mm-hmm. They're sent donations. So okay. that's what I think the stars are. If they, do they happen abundantly? Do they like very, like very often type? Uh, I think for like five, I think for like 500 stars, you pay 499 for it. Like it's like that. Okay. So, right. Boom. So then that has yeah, to be it. So that would like, be the exact same way. Okay. Right, yes. So uh, that's the exact same thing that sends in the uh, currency. But overall, yeah, monetizing for Twitch streamers is done through donations, which is uh, credit card donations, um, or you can do um, subscriptions, which directly support the stream as well. Um, and then, of course, there is the uh, sponsors. Um, if you're somebody sponsored by G Fuel, they would, that's like an uh, energy drink um, company. They would give you a certain amount of uh, money, but then also go ahead and give you a um, code that if you, a viewer, were to go to G Fuel and use code Atop Dark Mountain in the 
chat inside the uh, checkout, I would get a percentage of that sale. So it works out for commission. So, but mo- different contracts can mean different things. There's some contracts where you have to like pay into, and then after you pay into, then they go ahead and you start making money off of them if you start getting sales. Then there's ones that actually reach out to you and like, hey, no, like we like your brand, we like your products, we want to go ahead and support it. So we'll go from there. Um, which is my hopes to eventually have a brand good enough to be like, hey, like you, dude. Like, hey, I like your money, man. <laughs> <laughs> I like what you go. No. I like your style. I like you, and I want you. <laughs> I like it, and I want you. I want you. Where we going to use the hardware? The choice. The choice is yours. Well, I mean, is there any? Is there anything else that you would want to? You'd want to tell people about streaming if they're looking into it, or if they're just a consumer of it. Like if, like if you're an ad, uh, adamant watcher of a stream, just like go ahead and hit that like button, hit the bell, <laughs> so, something of that sort. Yeah, Subscribe. I would say that my my last words for anybody that is watching, uh, just know that the they're the people that are making this content, uh, if they seem like they're not trying or they're trying, they're trying in some sort of capacity. Uh, if you see the people that are going above and beyond, like really creating like really cool overlays or ways to interact with the chat and whatnot, like that's that's something to know that you should appreciate because it took time to go ahead and create. Um, advice for viewers. So I mean, at the end of the day, who doesn't enjoy getting recognized for their things that they go ahead and make, their art that they make. So at the end of the day, you being there is enough. You acknowledging yourself, putting yourself in the chat is more than what we can ask for. You commenting and giving good words and giving support to the community and everything else that surrounds that channel, you're going above and beyond. And that does not go unappreciated, at least for me. <laughs> These are the ones I can say from the top of the mountain. Um, as, as somebody who's getting into streaming, um, go ahead and be as consistent as you possibly can, no matter how uh, equipped you are to go ahead and stream. Um, understand that you are going to be challenged in many different ways. If you're someone who's not used to being on camera, you have to get over a lot of walls, that a lot of hurdles that you have, that you've put up already that you have to get past, address those. Don't be afraid to either. And then after that, really go ahead and work. If you're trying to get there. I know for me, I am not somebody who is always just directly satisfied. I really like to go ahead and strive to be the best that I can be. And when I am there, when I know that I've knocked off all those things that I want to go into, then I'm there. So maybe have that same attitude when you go into it. And for those that are streaming, keep on kicking ass, all right? Don't stop. Keep on going. Drive forward. You're going to get somewhere. Something's going to happen. But the thing is, though, is that if you just do nothing, it's not going to get you anywhere, all right? So reach out. Put yourself out there more. Don't be afraid to let people know what the hell you're doing for the day. People might give a shit. You never know. <laughs> but uh, that that would be my that'd be my advice. That'd be my last bit of what I could go ahead and give to the topic of. But um, thank you so much for having me for, on this wonderful. And if people are trying to get in touch with you, where where do they need to go to send them out? That would be www.twitch.tv slash atop Derek Mountain. That's a forward slash atop Derek Mountain, where we play games and do a variety of geek stuff. And to be honest with you, it is something different every time. Right now, we've been uh, hooked for probably for the past year on Wild RP server in the Red Dead Redemption universe, where I do I role play as many different characters. And um, you'll find some of that content sporadically put in there with some shooters here and there. But other than that, though, you have a Discord? 
I do have a Discord. The Discord is going to be the peak where you can find so much fun stuff, question of the day, interaction with the community. If you want to go ahead and be a part of it, be more a part of just the, the behind the scenes that happen for the mountain, you're more than welcome to come as well. I don't have that link off the top of my head, so you have to come find it. <laughs> okay, and again, that is A Top Derek Mountain. A Top Derek Mountain. Say it one more time. A Top Derek Mountain. A, 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 A. damn. That has been another episode of Toon Talks with the Pharaoh, and I look forward to seeing you guys next week. Peace. <laughs>